Well, hey, good morning, everybody. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Nathan Harris. I am the lead pastor here at Celebration Center. I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today for our online service. I'm excited you're with us. We're actually in part eight of a series. Uh, we're going through the short New Testament book. It's a letter called Philippians. It's written by a guy named Paul. Uh, you've probably heard of him. Uh, but this has been a very encouraging and challenging series for me personally, and I know also for a number of people who have been journeying with us in this process as we've been working our way through Philippians. In our time together in this book, we've seen and heard what it takes to live our citizenship out in a manner worthy of the gospel. That is, to live our, our, our status, our belonging in God's family in a manner that's worthy of the gospel, that message and that reality that God has fulfilled his promises to restore the entire world through his Messiah, Jesus, that Jesus himself is this gospel. He is this message. He is the fulfillment of this promise. And um, this morning, it is going to be no different. We are going to continue to be encouraged and I believe challenged in this process of being able to live this out. Now, if you've missed any of this series, I encourage you to go to our website, ccpuallup.com. You can scroll to the bottom of the page, click on either the sermon podcast link or the YouTube link, and you can get all caught up. Uh, all of those messages are available for you to either watch or listen to, so you can check that out. This week, we are launching into Philippians chapter 4, and we're actually only going to look at the first three verses. So we're in Philippians 4 verses 1 through 3 this morning. Uh, so if you have your Bible or your Bible app, go ahead and open up there and you can follow along. And I'm going to read out of the New International Version. That's my uh, the, the version that I have studied and, and I've been reading in, so I'm going to read out of that one. Here it is, Philippians chapter 4 verses 1 through 3. Paul says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, listen to how he talks to these people. My brothers and sisters, it was not uncommon for, for people to call others brothers and sisters or, you know, try to create some, some dialogue through familial type connections and that kind of a thing. But Paul kind of goes away from just that merely by saying, You're, you are my brothers and sisters. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown. Stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. And we're going to see the this way uh, here as we, as we move on. Verse 2, I plead with Euodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind together. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. You know, during last week's message, we heard the Apostle Paul give the Philippians the example of his own life and how he had lived, how Paul had lived up to that point how he had lived out the cross-shaped life, the cruciform life, the life that is lived being shaped and molded and directed by the very cross of Jesus Christ. 
that story that Jesus himself lived out in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, where Jesus didn't deny the fact that he's God, but he didn't hold on to that as an excuse or a way to benefit himself. Instead, he laid aside his privileges. He laid aside his rights in order to love and to serve others. And Paul tells the Philippians to keep their eyes on him, on Paul, but also on people who are living like Paul, to have this living example, to keep that in mind as they move forward so that they can live their citizenship as God's kids in a manner worthy of this message that, guess what? God, good news, God has, is making all things new through Jesus Christ. Now, in these few short verses in Philippians 4, 1 through 3, we see Paul giving the Philippians a specific application of what this is going to look like for them. We all know that, you know, just because somebody says something or they say, hey, you need to do life this way, it doesn't mean necessarily that we're going to literally do life exactly the way that they do. We're not going to follow in the exact steps. What, what they're talking about is live like this. Make this the pattern of your life. Make the, the guiding principles and values that I am demonstrating yours so that you, whatever circumstances you find yourself in, you will be able to live out the life that I'm talking about. Now, the descriptors Paul uses in, in verse 1 here for the Philippians as a whole, so he's, he's using these descriptors for the entire community, continues to, to give us the picture of two things. First of all, this group of Christ followers share a genuine, deep friendship with the Apostle Paul. All right, these aren't just mere acquaintances. They don't just know about each other. They have been in deep, intimate relationship with one another. They are like family, okay? And this probably, we don't really get this a whole lot. I mean, maybe you grew up and you had that aunt or uncle or that special grandpa you weren't actually related to, but they were like that. That's a little bit of what Paul is, is dealing with here, only it's with an entire group of Christians, so they have this deep, genuine friendship with Paul. But the second thing we get is that because of the Philippians' partnership with Paul in the mission of the gospel in various ways, and we've heard some of them already, the people themselves are Paul's ultimate joy. He rejoices about them because of their partnership, but they're also his prize. They're also what he's looking forward to in the future. There's a future for the Philippians, but they themselves are Paul's future and joy when Jesus comes back. That's pretty cool. Now, because this is the case, Paul has some very specific instructions for the Philippians, and the instructions he gives them are very applicable for us in the various situations we find ourselves in. So here's the first thing. Choose to stand firm together. Choose to stand firm together. Though there's certainly need for each one of us individually to stand firm in the Lord, okay? We need to do that, right? We need to stand firm in the Lord. We need to understand that our lives are in Him and, and all of that. But 
the instruction Paul is giving is directed at an entire community. So the idea here is not primarily for individuals to stand firm, though that, that's important. The idea here is that the community together stands firm in Jesus. The idea here is that they stand firm as one people in Jesus, right where they're at, wherever they are at, whatever circumstances they find themselves in. Now, the application for us is that we, the Christ followers of Puyallup in South Hill, stand firm together in Jesus, that we, we together live our lives in him, to live our citizenship, to live the status of being God's kids in a manner worthy of the gospel, of that message that God is good and that he, he is restoring all things through Jesus, we must stand firm together in Jesus. You know, I remember a time I had a coworker who claimed to be all in with, with the team that we were working on, uh, claimed to love everybody, to be part, and you know, to be just bought in and, and everything like that. But it really turned out that they were in it for themselves. They were looking for ways to bolster themselves, to, to elevate themselves. And, and so what ultimately happened was there was a rift that developed. And because of this rift that happened within the team, the view of the outside world of our team was, was not a good one. It, this, this rift actually diminished our, our ability to, to live out the mission that we were on together. You guys, we must choose to stand firm in Jesus together. When we don't, what happened with that team that I was on will happen to us as well. You see, the gospel is all about Jesus and how God has rescued humans and will ultimately restore all of creation through Jesus. And the only way to live our citizenship in a manner worthy of the gospel is to live our lives in Jesus, to live attached to him and to do that together. This is part of what Jesus was talking about in John chapter 15, verse 5, when he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Just a few verses later in John 15, Jesus explains how to remain in him, how to live in him, which is this. Here it is. Do the life of love that Jesus lived. Live that very life of love for others, of service for others that Jesus himself lived. If we are going to live our citizenship in a manner worthy of the gospel, the way Paul calls us to in Philippians 1.27, okay, that, that's a lot of what this, this entire letter is about. It's about living up to this message, okay? In order to do that, we must choose to stand firm in Jesus together. To understand that our lives outside of Jesus are meaningless. That we won't have what we, we won't have the source of power that we need, but we also won't be able to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. So that's number one. Number two, choose to be of the same mind together. Choose to be of the same mind 
together. Now, we don't know a whole lot about these two ladies, Euodia and Syntyche, that Paul talks about in verse 2, but we do know a couple of things. First of all, these women, they were women, um, these women were leaders in the church and in the mission that the church was on, okay? They're leaders. And the second thing we know is that these women weren't merely having some interpersonal relationship as if some one person was backstabbing another or gossiping or that kind of a thing. Though what Paul talks about here certainly has application toward those kinds of things happening. Paul isn't addressing that kind of problem. Probably what's gone on is that in light of the situation that the Philippian church was facing, the, 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 the hardship that they were facing in light of Roman persecution and the persecution that they were facing just from the general culture around them, there were dif differing opinions about how the church should move forward, what the church needed to value most, or, or what first things they needed to do. And Paul says, hey, help these leaders. He, 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 I plead with you two leaders to get on the same page together, to choose to be of the same mind together. This directive to be of the same mind is a repeat of what Paul had already spoken to the Philippians back in chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, where he told the Philippians to live out unity by living out the same love toward one another. To live out Jesus' life of self-sacrifice and service toward one another. To love each other deeply. I remember uh, when I was in Bible college, uh, I was a senior, and I got to, uh, it was a teacher appreciation, and I was assigned a particular teacher to honor and to say some nice things about. And, and I, had, I had these great things to say about her because she was a great one. Um, I really enjoyed classes with this particular teacher. But um, there were only so many of the little gifts that the Student Body Association had purchased and, and had immediately available to give out. And, and so the teacher that I was supposed to honor, there wasn't one for her. There wasn't one of these little gifts. And I pointed this out in our assembly as we're, we're appreciating in front of the entire school, all of these teachers, all of these faculty members. And, and I said, well, you know, is, is teacher so-and-so here? And, and I wait a couple seconds. Well, that's a good thing because Tyson didn't give me a gift to give her. I totally rolled the proverbial bus right over my friend. Now, I was just trying to have fun. I was just trying to be funny, get a laugh. And I did. I got some laugh, but it embarrassed my friend because he, he was called out and it was pointed out that I was, or that, that he had failed in some way. We see this kind of thing all of the time. And usually it's not just a matter of somebody trying to poke fun or, or be funny. It usually when we see this kind of thing happening where somebody's getting called out on Twitter or, or Facebook or some other social media outlet, it's in order to shame them into something or out of something or to sh just shame them about something. I mean, when we, in our culture, when we call somebody out, it is, it is for shaming purposes. All right. It's to let somebody have it, so to speak, to let them know and to let everybody else know that they were wrong. But that's not Paul's culture here. In, in Paul's culture, if you were trying to shame someone, you didn't even name them. So you would talk around them. You would talk about them without actually naming them. The fact that he names these two women 
is actually demonstrating not that he's got it out for them, but that he loves them deeply, that he is deeply concerned about them because his calling them out isn't about shame. It's about calling attention to the very best of who they are and what they've been uh, involved in. And so he's calling them, encouraging them to choose this way, this, this same mind together of serving each other, of preferring someone else above ourselves. So here's the application for us. Guys, there are going to be times when we have disagreements with each other. Leaders have disagreements with leaders. Spouses have disagreements with each other. Family members have disagreements with other family members. Friends find themselves from time to time in disagreement with one another. The problem isn't that we disagree. That's going to happen. We're humans. We have different perspectives. We've got different points of view. And, and, and you know, maybe, just maybe, we each have the same heart about something. We just think we need to go about it a different way. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is when in our disagreements... We hold our position above the relationship with the other person. You see, if you are a Christ follower, you are called to hold the relationship you have with others, including those you are in disagreement with, maybe especially those you're in disagreement with. You're called to hold that relationship as more important than your own opinion than your own position, than your own desires even. This is a choice we all have to make. And we only get better at this by continually making this choice. Saying, you know what? I'm going to take the back seat. I am going to listen to what somebody else has to say. I'm going to take their perspective. I'm going to learn from them. I'm going to hear what it is they have to say. Because maybe... I know I don't know everything. Maybe they do have a better way of doing it. Not for peace at all costs. We don't do this just to have peace at whatever cost. But we do it so that we elevate love above everything else. To live our citizenship in a manner worthy of the gospel, we choose to be of the same mind together because we're already of the same family. We already share the same spirit. We've all received the same love from God. We're one in Jesus Christ. So we can do this together. We can choose this together. Choose to be of the same mind together. Number three, choose to help one another. Choose to help one another. I remember a time I was in high school. I was just getting into high school. I was nervous about being there and all of that. And it was, I don't think it was, I was there for maybe a month or so. I was walking down the hall and all of a sudden this fight broke out between two girls. I think one of them had been pushed around by the other one for quite a while. And she was just fed up. She was done with it. And so as soon as this fight breaks out, a couple of things happen. First of all, a ring kind of forms. Everybody steps back. But in this ring of people, there, there are a couple of different things going on. First of all, there's, there's people shocked like me at that moment. I was shocked. I was like, oh my goodness, what's going on here? And I was looking around for somebody to do something about it. 
But I wasn't willing to step in myself at that point, right? But then the, there was another group of people who were kind of egging them on, fight, 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 you know, that kind of a thing. But either both of these uh, re reactions to this fight were resulting in the same thing. Nobody was jumping in to, to help break things up, to bring some peace and to stop it. See, Paul addresses a third individual in this passage. In chapter 4, verse 3, he calls on this partner of his, unnamed. He doesn't even name this person. And so we don't have much to go on in order to figure out who this person was or what they were doing in Philippi or anything like that. But what does seem clear about them is that they were a leader who had been on missionary journeys with Paul. It was, he was, this, or this person, it could have been a woman, I guess, but it, whoever it was, man or woman, this person seems to have been going around with Paul from place to place, helping plant churches. And, and so for whatever reason, they had been left in Philippi. Okay. And so Paul is calling on them, help these two women because they have contended at my side. He's like, let's not let this moment pass. Let's not let the all of the good that has happened here degrade into division and bickering and backbiting. Paul calls this person, this fellow worker, to help Euodia and Syntyche, these two women at odds. And he's asking this person to help these two to stand firm in Jesus and to be of the same mind together. You know, there are times when I'm playing with my kids and a, a game of um, keep away breaks out, right? My kids want something and I'm tall, you know, and I've, I've got a fairly high reach. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll stand over them and, and, and I'll hold this thing above them. My daughter especially loves this. She laughs and laughs when we do this. But, hey, daddy, hey, daddy, try, I want to try to get that from you. I'm like, okay, let, let's do the game. So I hold it up above her head and, and she starts jumping. And as soon as she jumps, I raise it up just a little bit more. So she, she swipes at it and then she just giggles and laughs. And, and so we're playing this game of keep away. That is actually the opposite of what Paul is talking about here in verse 3. Helping in this context is about making it easier for the two who are having the trouble to stand firm in Jesus and to have the same mindset together. He's talking about help them, remove the barriers, make it easier for them to attain this, walk alongside them so that they can be successful. And, and this action, this help that Paul is calling this person to requires them to live the cruciform life that Paul has been talking about all throughout this letter. To live this life of self-sacrifice, of setting their own agendas aside, all for the sake of serving somebody else. So here's the application for us in this. If you are a Christ follower, you are called to get into the mess and mire other people have, and to be what Jesus called a peacemaker in Matthew chapter 5. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. Christ followers are called to help make what was broken whole. And we do that by loving each other, by carrying each other's burdens. The way Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, he says this, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law 
of Christ. All throughout Galatians, Paul talks about this law of Christ as being love, love for one another. And he says, carry each other's burdens. Lighten the load for each other. When you do that, you're fulfilling Christ's law of love. I remember I was on a backpacking trip with the Boy Scouts. We had been hiking most of the day. My feet were tired. I was sore. I was Frankly, I was falling behind. I was kind of whining a little bit too. Um, but I wasn't having a great time. And out of compassion, it wasn't, it wasn't this harsh thing. I didn't get called out or anything like that. But one of my leaders came over to me, opened up my, my pack, my hiking pack, started taking things out of my bag and putting it into his. Lightening my load so that I could move further. It's not that he carried me down the trail, but he lightened my load and made it easier for me to continue to put one foot in front of the other. You guys, that is the picture Paul is painting in Galatians 2 and the help that I think he's talking about in Philippians 4, 3. Lighten the load. Help one another to keep moving forward. You guys, what are we doing to lighten the load for others having difficulty in this moment, in this season that we are in? What are we doing to lighten their load? Are we giving them grace? Are we coming alongside and assisting them in some project? Are we giving them words of encouragement? What are we doing to carry one another's burdens. To remove roadblocks that are holding them back. To live our citizenship in a manner worthy of the gospel. We have to choose to help each other. Choose to stand firm in Jesus together. Choose to have the same mind together and choose to help each other. You guys, what is it going to take for us to live this out? What do you need to do? I can think of some things that I need to be involved in. What do you need to be involved in? What might our community, both our church, but beyond our church, the wider community that we are called to live in and to minister to the gospel to, what might our community look like if we lived this way together? Let's pray. Father, thank you that you love us with an everlasting love that that we don't have to earn your love or your favor or your grace, your mercy. God, you give us those things because that's who you are. Your word says, behold what manner of love. Look at the kind of love that the Father has poured on us, that we are called children of God, and that is what we are. Lord, we haven't earned this. We don't deserve it. You freely give it to us, and so we thank you for that. We look to you as, as our supply of help and, and, and whatever need we have, and we know that you are good in all things and at all times. God, help us 
to live this way, to live this way in, in a manner worthy of your message of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, what you have accomplished through him. Let the world around us see how good you are through us. Help us to live that. To choose love above all things together. Maybe you're here and you haven't begun your life as a Christ follower, but you want to. You like this message that, that God has got some good stuff to give away, that you don't have to earn it, and you want in on it. You want to be part of his community. I'm going to say a prayer. Make it yours. Father, here I am. I need your love. I, I want to be part of your family. So I accept this gift that you have this gift of Jesus that you provide, this work that you have done to, to make our your relationship with me right. I choose to live in you and for you. Father, for anyone who made that prayer theirs, I ask that you would fill them with your spirit right now. You, are, you promised to do that, so I, I know that that's going to happen, but I am, we invite you right now to do that, God. So that they will experience your presence, your love, your encouragement, your power in their lives. Not to earn what you have already given them, but to move forward in what you want to do in them and through them. God, I pray that for all of us. Fill us with your spirit. That we will live in a manner worthy of what you have done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, you guys, thank you again for being with us. Uh, come back next week. We're going to continue Philippians part nine. Uh, and uh, we're going to, we've got a little bit further to go here in, in the book of Philippians, but it's going to be another good one. So um, yeah, come back, join us. And I look forward to being with you next week.